Hi, welcome to Stranger Conversations. I'm Sean, and on this podcast, I'm here to bring you stories about what it's like to take unlikely paths to career and to life. You'll hear from regular folks about traveling to wild locations, changing their lifestyles, starting new ventures, getting in over their heads, and still managing to land on their two feet. This is a recording of the live conversations in our Clubhouse community. And if you can join us live, please do. It's a lot of fun. Link is in the description. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean, and welcome to Stranger Conversations. And as usual, uh, we are joined by our two co-hosts today. Hi, everyone. My name is Yushan. Hi, I'm Grace. And thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, this conversation is recorded, so just want to make sure that all of you are comfortable with that. So we started this club because we want to bring together people who are pursuing unlikely paths to career and life, and from all sorts of different backgrounds. And we thought that this was worth doing because, I mean, it's hard, right, to do something out of the ordinary. And hopefully this community, we can support each other and also to inspire more people who want to do their own thing to actually go out and do it. So for uh, tonight's theme, it's how do you get others behind your why, right? How do you get others to buy in into your purpose, your passion? And we really believe that if you're walking an unlikely path, it's not something that you should be doing alone. So our our guest, our stranger for today is uh, Scott Tay. Uh, hey, how's it going, Scott? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me um, on this podcast, especially when it's it's uh, like almost the end of the day, at least for me, because I sleep at about 9.30 p.m. But anyways, it's a pleasure. I mean, definitely I will sacrifice a few hours of my sleep to join you guys. So I'm uh, very excited and uh, it's a busy week for me. I think you guys as well um, preparing all these podcasts, not just for me, but also other um, uh, inspiring people with lots of cool stories to tell. So yeah, ready to start anytime and uh, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, great to have you, right? Um, and just a little bit about Scott. Um, you're running a, a boutique adventure travel agency That's right. you know, that uh, takes people to places like Kazakhstan and the Mongolia and the Ladakh, I guess that's somewhere in Northern India. That's and right. personally, I actually really want to go to all these places, you know, like, but if I do so, I want to spend like two months right, or three months there. It, mm. it shouldn't just be like a in and out sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. And um, that's just scratching the surface, right? Of all the side projects, of all the projects that you have, right? I think you're involved in quite a bit of other things as well. Well, I mean, um, from time to time, we we do our best to curate new experiences uh, that are interesting and also mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that yeah. gets boring, right? And then eventually you're just... Uh, feel exhausted and you just don't there's there's no purpose in caring anymore unless mm. you switch up the game the game a little bit 
And um, for the benefit of our audience, could you just give us a sense of like some of the other exciting things that you're up to? Uh, hello, Scott? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so sorry. I thought you were asking the audience. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Okay. And I was like looking at how many, how many audience uh, we have right now. So yeah, um, what are some of the exciting things that um, we are up to right now? So like you have mentioned, um, previously, we used to curate and organize experiential tours to places like Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and Ladakh in Northern India. So being stuck here in Singapore for almost um, two years already, well, we have to find ways to curate new experiences, especially for our community of um, adventurers who are living in Singapore, be it local or expats. So right now, um, or rather last week, we actually launched our newest experience, which is called the Mongolia Survivor Camp. It's a two days, one night experience whereby participants get to uh, immerse themselves in authentic Mongolian nomadic culture. And also they get to learn some basic survival skills, learn how to start their fire, how to forage for natural materials, basically teaching them how to be independent uh, when it comes to adventure travel. So um, we just want to bring a piece of Mongolia to Singapore since we haven't been bringing uh, people from who's living in Singapore to Mongolia for the longest time. And uh, this idea came about almost five months ago and we are very fortunate uh, that so many good friends and partners came together and made this um, idea possible. So we just launched... Um, few days ago and we are super busy because lots of families are booking with us especially with their kids and uh, we are getting a lot of inquiries we will be running um, this experience all the way to end of next year or beyond and I just got some news um, earlier afternoon that from one of our Kazakhstan partners that uh, Kazakhstan is opening up really so who knows we shall see Maybe you, uh, maybe I'll, I will hit there first. I mean, for sure, I'll be hitting there first before I bring my clients there because I need to ensure that everything is um, good and safe and uh, orderly before I, I bring our clients there. Wow, super, right? Like, uh, I, you know, from the first time I met you and had a chat with you, you always, I always felt that you were someone who, like, if you want to do something, you just do it. And, oh, for sure. and you made it happen, right? Like you, you brought over the Mongolian tent, the, the girl, right? Like all, yeah. all the way here, you set it up. And, you know, now it's like uh, people are like booking and everything. You know, yeah. it's all a great success. And, uh, you know, it's not just that, right? Like uh, you, you uh, do all these uh, charity expeditions oh, yeah. for, for cancer. <laughs> you know, uh, you're into like uh, selling chai tea, you know, uh, and goodness knows what else as well. Yeah, so um, I, I almost forgot about the wheelchair strategy expedition that we just finished about two weeks ago because like when we launched this Mongolian experience, we were just like so busy like every single day. So yeah, uh, thanks for mentioning that. So very fortunate that we were able to um, still organize our charity expedition uh, this year. 
Uh, I mean, uh, back before COVID, COVID, we used to run it once a year in, in the places that we organize. So we've done two in Mongolia, which we brought cancer survivors with us to Mongolia at extreme temperature. So one time was in summer at 40 degrees Celsius uh, in the Gobi Desert. And the other time, which is one year after, we bring cancer survivors as well to the extreme cold part of Mongolia, which is the northern part, uh, just bordering Russia, to, to track, to raise funds for the Singapore Cancer Society. So yeah, this time around we managed to complete um, a total of 72 kilometers wheelchair track. And uh, the whole idea was to start, to tell the story of um, how we as a society, not just in Singapore, but beyond Singapore, the whole world can be more inclusive and uh, allow people to to walk the journey with um, people with disabilities, letting them know that there are always people out there willing to walk this journey with them. So they are not alone. Um, just have faith and continue to live life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I think uh, your story just resonates with the theme of today's room, right? Which is like you somehow you're able to get people to rally around you and to support you, uh, you know, and to just achieve things together. So that's really awesome. Um, so, but, um, you know, I, I want to like uh, get a little bit into your background, into, mm -hmm. you know, your personal story. Sure. And that's one thing that makes this uh, club a bit special because we want to kind of keep it real and, you know, we want to share, right, uh, how we came to uh, walk all these paths because it's, it's not natural, right? It's not the easiest thing in the world. So as I was um, reflecting, right, like uh, how should I kind of like really begin this part of the uh, session today? I thought that maybe I will share a quote. And this quote is actually from the previous session's participant. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah, so like you... She actually born in Singapore and moved overseas, right, for a while. And it was during this overseas experience that she kind of like realized something, mm. right? So uh, here's the quote, right? Uh, she said, um, being in a homogenous society, and that's Singapore, it's so easy to make comparisons. When you're overseas, it's so interesting to have to meet and hear about how different lives could be. And then you have less reason to make comparisons. You don't have a basis for comparisons anymore. And then you just celebrate people's wins wow. and your own wins. This is amazing. I, I like that part to celebrate people's wins because um, there's, this, there's this word called, um, oh gosh, I suddenly can't remember, but it, 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 it tells like how natural it is for people. Um, it's like basic instinct for people to um, sort of uh, feel happy when people lose something or people faces obstacles. I suddenly can't remember the word, but if I remember during this podcast, I'll share with you for sure. Is it a yeah. Schadenfreude or something like yeah. that? Yeah, uh, Scootenfreude. Scootenfreude, that's right. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's got scooter pretty. But so, so I think it's so amazing, like that line to celebrate people's win because I think not many people can do that. And it takes so much more than just effort, but also that love for humanity. 
It's so powerful. And from time to time, uh, anyways, thanks for sharing that. I think that's so powerful. Uh, I always remind myself that um, every success out there um, um, celebrated by myself or my friends or Alex, Tom, Jane, we should always be happy for them because if we recognize that there is abundance of everything in life, why is that? Why is that the need to worry or be jealous or sulk over someone's wins? You see, someone's victories. We should be happy for them because it's just in abundance. You know, like when someone wins something, it doesn't mean that person is taking away your fair share. You know, there's so much out there is like in, infinite. Yeah, if you believe in the in the universe, yeah, your your share is there. It's just that you just haven't. Uh, get a chance to to take that piece for yourself. Yeah, so that's amazing. Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, I mean, um, you're welcome, but it's really thanks to the participants, right, who come on as guests for Stranger Conversations. And, you know, one thing I've realized is that I'm just learning so much, right, for, mm. from all of you. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Right. Um, and which country did she move to for that short period? Uh, Japan. Okay, okay. Yeah. Which wow. is interesting, huh? <laughs> uh, and so like this, this whole quote I thought is great to share because it really sums up the spirit uh, of what we're trying to do here. Um, mm. But, you know, I know that uh, you also, like myself and many folks here, uh, grew up in Singapore and you weren't always this way, right? Like uh, you didn't always have maybe this same outlook. So would you be able to just uh, take us back, right, to mm. how you were like before and share wow. with us some stories about <laughs> about that? Sure. Mm. Um, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't really keep any secrets, little or almost zero. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I, I love the idea of, being free and uh, and and sure thing. So like let let me think about where I should start. Well, I think to summarize, right? Since birth, all the way to um, I left Polytechnic. That's about eighteen years old or nineteen years old, something somewhere around there. I was always this normal kid. You know the term formal, fear of missing out. Um, I just cruise along my entire teenage year. I don't even know what I was doing, but just formal all the way and living in with the idea that, okay, I need to um, be like in, I need to go to EM1 and then afterwards, you know, get good PSLE, uh, sorry, O-Levels result. And then uh, afterwards, uh, you know, get a diploma or, or A-levels and, and local uni, of course, and afterwards get into a corporate job. So I was always like that kid whereby I compare a lot with other people and in the end, I end up feeling so shitty about myself. I always feel like there's this lack in, in me or whatever I do is always never enough, even though I was provided with a lot of things from my family. You know, I was actually given a lot of opportunities, uh, given a handphone when I was in sec 
secondary three, that's my first handphone. Although I have friends who got a handphone during primary six, primary five, during that, that time. But then to be able to get a handphone and it's like one of the latest ones, I still remember it's Sony Walkman series, uh, W series. That was like so expensive at that time. And to own it, I think it's a privilege. But at that time I was just, you know, taking things for granted, comparing with myself and my friends. And I was just, I would say I was kind of lost. I now, now, now that you got me thinking bad about my my past, right? It just felt like I was a I was a zombie, a complete zombie. Uh, well, I I hate to say that I wasted like eighteen years of my life. Um, but I think during the eighteen years of cruising. I was meant to cruise and to cruise to a point whereby I hit this concrete wall telling me that, okay, you better stop cruising right now. You better realize and uh, what you are, you are, you're doing and you better find out your purpose in life real soon. If not, you're just going to be like the other folks out there, miserable and grow up uh, to continue living life and complaining you know, it's it's basically like that's the same road most people are taking, uh, such as you you meet your partner, you get married, you BTO. Oh, sorry, in Singapore context, you BTO first before you get married. So basically, you you get married because of of, of a HDB. So which is a bit sad, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then you 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 get a kid, and then afterwards. You want grandkids, and then afterwards it just continue yeah, yeah. the same cycle over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So, was there something or some sort of event, right, that made you realize that that this was not what you wanted? That you were on this path that everyone else was, and maybe you wanted something different, but you. Well, I think it was when I left. Uh, poly. So at that time I was in uh, Tomasette Poly. I was doing interior architecture and design. And when I when I reached year three, I just had this deep, strong feeling that's within me telling. Just I can't even describe it. You know, it's just like I need to end this misery right now. Like this thing in for me. Like every single day, I'm dragging my feet to school. I was unfulfilled. I was not creative at all, even though I'm in a creative, I'm doing a creative course in interior architecture design. And I just had to, I just had to quit, man. You know, the longer I stay in that course, the more, the drier my soul became. So, at that point of time, I was quite fortunate because... Oh, no, not yet. So after I left Poly, um, I managed to find some part-time job. So I was um, I was doing part-time in this this shop called Quicksilver, you know, surfing, surfing brand, for about four or five months. And then eventually, my cousins who's living in Germany and Switzerland told me, hey, you know, you got to come over and visit us. We've been there for years already. You want to come over? You know? So I was like, uh, they probably doing their uh they're pre- probably playing a prank again they're joking always you know because at that age how can i have the money to travel somewhere so far 
right? Even though if I work like six months in Quicksilver, I think it's still pretty challenging. So just nice, my father at that point, he, I think at that stage I was, I was quite rebellious. I, 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 I hung out with bad company coming home real late, like 7am kind. And yeah, he just told me you can go if you want, but when you come back, you better become someone new or you better change to become better. Wow. So, yeah. Tough love, so, man. <laughs> so, you know what? I didn't even digest his message. I just, okay, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to go, man. Yeah, I'm going to go and join myself. <laughs> so, I took the money and left. And who knows, when I came back, you know, that trip was the first time I took a plane myself. I was like 19 or 20 years old. And it was so scary because this is the first time taking a plane and doing my own research on how to how do I find my way around the city and countryside and staying in hostels, sleeping sleeping with other strangers. And at the time, you know, as a normal just a typical kid that cruised his entire like nineteen years of his life. And that time I don't read. So uh my knowledge is like so low level. Um it's just crazy, you know, to 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 take this leap of faith and just go for it. But I think there's, there's this thing that's always in me whereby when I do something, um, to people, it may seem impulsive, but to me, I call it just too much bravery. <laughs> I would just go into it uh, regardless of having any contingency plan. Well, at least for my own accord or for my own personal uh, challenges. But of course, when I run my travel agency, all these plans, contingency plans, and, and, and logistics have been to take have to be taken into account because uh, this is what we do to take care of our clients. It's not just about myself anymore. But if you talk about myself, um, I still have this like I, I call it the just whack mentality. I'll just dive into it, and when I meet with some challenges, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Thanks. Uh, so uh, for the benefit of the folks that have just joined the room, um, we are speaking to Scott Tay tonight and he's telling us about his journey, right? Uh, from someone who kind of grew up in Singapore, quite a, a conventional sort of a background to just whacking and finding the courage or whatever you call it, you know, to walk an unlikely path. And today he is um, he is running a adventure travel agency, you know, and many other things at the same time. So uh, really interesting, you know. So we just want to hear more, right? Uh, we're here to find out more about how he changed himself, right? And in the process, maybe even change the world in a small way. Uh, so uh, back to your trip to Europe, right? Like I understand that, you know, that was kind of a period of time where you started to see things differently or like your experiences, you know, uh, made you begin to like, you know, change, right? Um, could you like uh, share some stories uh, from that time or from some of your other travels? Well, so the first time I ever um, backpacked alone was to Germany and Switzerland to, to meet my cousins. So, you know, as a very... Um, uh, not so confident guy. Even though I had this just white mentality, I I felt 
pretty nervous when I speak to strangers, especially when I'm not so well exposed uh, to what's happening uh, out of Singapore. So, um, but yeah, so my, my cousins actually told me this. Don't stay with us throughout your entire two weeks journey, but go out there, sleep in dormitories and hostels and meet strangers. And, and I took their advice, you know, and I think that was the best experience ever because it was because of that, that, um, that, 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 um, option that they, they, they gave it to me and I took it. I realized that how much potential that an individual possess, which is in this case, me, like I realized that when I, I was being put out, um, of my com- out of my comfort zone, I was able to problem solve myself, be more independent. And it's actually quite fun. Sometimes it's really thrilling and nervous, but you just have to find ways to get about it, be it opening your mouth and asking strangers on the street, how do you like, get from here to there? Or how do you, you know, uh, basically things that get you around and survive in this, in this sense. So um, there was also one time uh, during that trip, I wanted to save like uh, 200 euros. So I, I, I met, so what I did was, okay, I, 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 I managed to convince the reception counter of a hotel in Switzerland. Uh, and that was in uh, Lucerne, yes. And he, I told him that I was a student and I have no money. So can I just sleep on the couch in the hotel reception? It, 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 at first, he was quite reluctant. Then I, then I threw my trump card. I just said, here's my passport. You can take it. I'm not running anywhere. I just need to rest here till morning. Then I'll walk to the hostel. And then I'll get a get a room there. And he was very nice. He trusted me. He took my password, of course. And he told me, okay, you're going to leave at 4.30 a.m. That's the best I can do for you. So sure thing, I went to the toilet. I washed it and it crashed on the sofa while seated up. But well, at that time, I was so tired already. So I, I literally just crashed. So he called me at 4.30 a.m. And then I left the hotel. So the streets were dark and there was no one at all. It was freezing cold. And I was just making my way towards the hostel. It was a long stretch, probably about two kilometers, carrying my backpack and my luggage. So I walk and walk and walk and I was like, oh gosh, this is way too long. So I saw like a telephone booth. You know what came to my mind? Okay, I'm just going to sleep here, man. Screw this shit. <laughs> so I opened the telephone booth door. In Europe, they have this like little cubicle thing. So... Uh, it's enclosed. So I just opened the door, threw everything onto the ground and closed the door and I slept. So the next moment, time just flew by. Uh, I saw some kind of like, uh, some sunlight penetrating uh, through my, my eyelid. Then I opened my eyes. Wow, the sun was out already and people were walking <laughs> in the street. So I look around, I was like, okay, cool. My backpack and my luggage is still there. So I pick up my stuff and went to the hostel. So because of that, I managed to save uh, the taxi fare, which is about uh, 50, 60 euros, and also uh, the hostel stay and some other uh, nitty-gritty stuff that if I were to choose the other option, I would have to fork out additional $200. Yeah. 
Oh, you're bringing me back all the way to my past. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Like, uh, how, how does that make you feel? You know, like... Uh... It feels like I really live the, live the idea of uh, just wet mentality. <laughs> and I guess um, it all started somewhere around that age of 19 years old. Yeah. Maybe before. I don't know. There may be stuff stuff that I've done that that uh carries that 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 mantra. Maybe there was something in that experience that made you understand what you could do. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you as well. So yeah, after that that trip to, to Germany and Switzerland, I came back home and I became more braver. So eventually I started going to I travel more. And to places where it's more eye-opening at that age, such as India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, and eventually, you know, uh, traveling uh, more and more, uh, most of the time alone, sometimes with friends as well, but I like to keep it with just one body. So it's, uh, we have more freedom to do the things that we want. So some of the places that I've been to that are quite uh, interesting would be Papua in Indonesia, and also some of the stands, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and yeah, just to name a few. Yeah, nice. I mean, these are all like names that I have heard of, but I have not been to these places, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm quite envious, you know, that you've actually like gone like almost everywhere. Um, so maybe... I'll ask one more question, you sure. know, uh, before we allow the, you know, open up the floor to the audience, you know, for additional questions or anything sure. they want to say. And my question is just this, right? Like all of these places with these exotic sounding names, uh, tell us some stories, right? Uh, some stories of your experiences there, you know, um, especially things that might have uh, stuck in your mind, you know, things that you did or happened to you that maybe, you know, uh, had some sort of uh, effect of changing you in some ways. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the first two things that came to my mind was def was definitely in uh, Mongolia. So well, I fell I fell off a horse like I think two three times before while galloping. Oh shit! And yeah, but fortunately, I mean, there's like a scar here. Can you see? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's quite quite serious. Yeah. Yeah, so the time I was wearing like long sleeve, so it's okay, but it was blood all over, and I was hosting my clients, and, <laughs> and it was uh, it was like about two 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 and a half years ago, and shortly after I fell, one of my clients fell as well, but she broke her shoulders. I I, I broke nothing. Yeah, so oh, at that point of time, it was the first time having a client, uh, who broke something. Yeah, out of like so many years. And that gave me uh, a great challenge, actually. How do I problem solve it immediately? So also, it also depends on how, how nice the client is because I'm very fortunate to have really uh, kind and understanding clients. So everything was smooth. And not uh, I, I had other clients as well. And we worked as a team and we were so understanding towards each other. So that was a, a great... Um, uh, experience for, for, for me to tackle issues like that. And then the second thing would be, um, you know, along the way, especially running a business, you have to take certain risks or you, you can call it calculated risks. 
but sometimes you don't calculate like you know there, there, there are times like that so um i remember back uh, a few years ago i was running this um this expedition is a husky sledding expedition in mongolia as well and there was this night um we were just celebrating with vodka because the mongolians they drink a lot of vodka right so drank a lot the participants drank as well some didn't want to drink and when the mongolians drink they get a little bit touchy especially the men <laughs> so some of the lady uh, clients who are females they got a little bit uncomfortable because of those who didn't drink and eventually we drank so much until i was also tipsy and, and i almost lost it and during the entire night i can hear my clients and i can hear myself as well puking while sleeping that was terrible and then the next morning uh there were a few clients who didn't who didn't drink they were pissed to the max so one of them told me scott this is just uh absurd you know what you did there was so unprofessional so that hit me so hard and ever since that time uh i don't drink at all when i when i run towards the mongolia <laughs> that was really like that that was a huge impact to me because i value my clients a lot and uh i value their feedback i value their experience uh how they enjoy themselves in mongolia and to get such a negative feedback from my client it hit me so hard it stayed with me for about one and a half years always surfacing in my mind it was wow. crazy wow yeah so as a founder and also like a tour operator myself you know you have to find ways to get over it you you need to recognize it firstly and also find ways to improve and not make it happen again yeah so yeah. that was a, a, a great learning experience for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think um, people who are walking these sorts of paths, you know, you, you really have no one to follow, right? So no one to kind of teach you or to show you the ropes. As, exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. You sometimes you really have to take a leap of faith and trust uh, the universe, trust the people around you and trust your clients and just go for it. And whatever challenges come your way, you just you just just have faith, man. Yeah. Trust the progress. Yeah, yeah. Trust the and progress. Always believe. Yeah, and always believe what you uh uh. What's your purpose? You know, why are you even um doing this kind of tours? What do you want to achieve? Yeah. What do you want to give your clients? Yeah, it's so important yeah. because if you don't have that purpose, uh, in whatever you do such as uh, for me going to school when I was in poly doing interior design, you will soon die out, you will phase out, you will be so drained, you won't enjoy at all. Eventually, uh, your life will crumble. The way you talk to your, your, your friends, your family members, every single day will be affected as well. And trust me, it is not fun at all. Yeah, You will be like the most miserable person ever. Yeah, so that is something that we have to recognize fast enough. We have to catch ourselves uh, when we tend to see ourselves uh, transform into someone that we do not like to see. Yeah. Wow. Um, there are lots of things that I could ask and follow up on, but I would like to let some other folks uh, in our community uh, 
get a sure. chance to ask questions. So do we have any uh, questions or reactions? Uh, maybe I can just start first. So everyone in this room uh, might not know, but I actually met Scott prior to this um, strangers conversation for a school project. And how I know about him was actually through a YouTube video that um, featured this secret art in Singapore. So long story short, I wanted to feature this secret art. I, I approached him randomly on Instagram and then somehow he was so kind, he actually responded and then he introduced to me this whole Mongolian yet that he's bringing to Singapore. Then I was thinking, oh, okay, la, I still can feature this Mongolian yet. It sounds like quite interest, quite an interesting idea. So I went down and then I kind of looked at, I remember the first time I met him, it was at the Marina Bay Golf Course, right? And then he was shifting all this um, Mongolian yurt stuff from this warehouse. So it's like a warehouse that just, uh, it's just like a container room. Lah. Then we will bring everything out, putting onto the grass patch and there were like cockroaches and like the, the, the what do you call that? Uh, the white cloth, right? That's on the Mongolian yurt. Also had a lot of holes. Then Yeah, yeah. It was so bad, man. Torn and tattered. So what? And lots of cockroaches. Yeah, correct. So if you see what he's showing on his Instagram now, it's really like a big transformation from, from that day. Lah. And I was just quite... Now that I look at whatever he has achieved from then, right, that was like earlier this year, it's really quite magnificent in that sense because of the amount of effort his team put in. In fact, I went down to, when I was filming his process of um, constructing this year from the beginning, right, uh, it really didn't look like it can be what it is today. So, so I was really, like, now that I look at it, I'm really very, very impressed. And on top of that, like going back to our team, which is getting others behind your why, right? Like I really saw how he could rally all, all his friends to help him out in this project. And um, not just for this project, but his other um, side, like side projects as well. Like for example, the SPD uh, wheelchair track, right? And how he gets so many contacts. And, you know, um, if you guys don't know of this um, very, very talented YouTuber in Singapore, Sean Ko, he does like very, very amazing um, vlogs and um, yeah. yeah so he was also there right I, I just think that Scott has this unique characteristics or, or, or more like a superpower where he can somehow <laughs> attract a lot of random people from all sorts of life to help him out in his projects and I think he has a lot of things to share about, about that as well right like how do you even find these like friends from different parts of the world even to like join you on your adventures? Well, I think uh, it may sound very mystical, but I strongly believe that there is abundance out there, um, be it uh, resources, like it, it's infinite, it will never run out. So what you need to do is just open up your mind and open up your heart and be connected with it. And it takes um, mental and feeling to be able to to connect with the, the true source. So in this case, it's the universe. And uh, like what you mentioned, um, like random people, strangers, friends, friends of friends, partners, uh, even from the embassy of Mongolia came over to help me um, m help me make this Mongolian year two days, one night experience possible. 
to many people, sometimes to myself as well, it is quite surprising. Like I always have all this like surprising uh, moment whenever I look back, uh, like when I started, you know, like uh, like this Mongolian project. Well, I still remember us collecting the the yurt from a container which the yurt was stored in for two years. It was in such a terrible shape, you know, like it was almost beyond repair. It's just crazy. I mean, Shan, you saw it as well, right? They were full of cockroaches. Yeah. And even when the Mongolians saw it, they were like, OMG, what the hell happened? But somehow... I just had this strong feeling that like, or okay, not strong feeling, but I think the way I work, right, is I visualize very clearly what I want to see to a point whereby feelings come into my visualization until it's so real, you know, it's like already happened in reality. So once you reach that stage, somehow, magically, things just come in your life and make it happen. The universe will send you the right people to, to make your goals, your desires, your needs and wants happen. Yeah, it's just that magical. But very importantly, you, you need to have faith yeah, and trust with the with universe. You cannot have any doubts at all. So maybe I can just follow up on that question, just sneaking yeah. a bit here. Um, you, you've talked about all these uh, times when things didn't go so well, yeah. right? Uh, like with your clients, yeah. you know, the injury falling off the horse, that sort of thing. Yeah. And most folks would crumble, right? Like most folks, you know, might just kind of like say, yeah, I, I'm not cut out for this. Mm, 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 mm. I, I give up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but instead, what was more important to you seemed to be being able to articulate your why. You know, like you said that if you didn't have that, right, that direction, that why that's driving you, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't get up every day and, you know, interact with your friends and family, right? Yes, that's right. That would That would be what makes you crumble instead. Mm. So that's so fascinating. And can you kind of like maybe unpack that for us, right? Like explain to us, you know, how come you're like that? (laughs) Well, I think like uh, when you mentioned, for example, when I get a negative feedback from my client, for example, when I I drank too much and then I I sort of wasn't uh, sane to handle certain issues, I learned a trick lot, and it take it, it took about a few years for me to 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 really uh, apply it. And I think it works so well, at least for me. Maybe some of you folks can try it out. So whenever I'm I met with something so overwhelming, what I do is I close my eyes. I take I just take a lot of deep breath, like really a lot, like <sighs> you know, by doing it many many times somehow that tension, that thought, that negative thought will just lighten up and disappear. 
of course, initially when I do that, it is challenging. And certain certain challenges especially can take you quite a long period of time for you to totally remove it. And when I talk about these challenges, it may not be um, coming down to business or whatever that happened in work. Maybe your manager gives you a bad review. It can even be as as crazy as losing someone you truly love, maybe losing your parents, losing your siblings, things like that. And I think instead of uh, just going into a downward spiral of all these emotional reactions happening over and over again on a daily basis, and keep asking, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen to me? And like having this self-victimized, uh, mentality that is I feel is so important for us to recognize that okay um, we need to stop this right now we gotta snap out, out of it right now it is time right now to to just let go and you know move on so until we realize the importance of that then life is just gonna be very miserable because I believe in this, this, um, I, I love this quote, wherever energy flows, okay, sorry, wherever focus goes, energy flows. So imagine you keep focusing on those negative thoughts. You're actually feeding energy into those, those thoughts. So I repeat again, it's whatever, fo- wherever focus goes, energy flows. Yeah, and that helped me a lot, a lot. And even till today, I have to say, to be honest, uh, I still um, struggle sometimes whenever I, I've met with um, uh, challenging, cha- uh, challenging uh, situations. So but I always make it to the point whereby I try to remind myself what to focus on and only focus on the good. So my morning meditation is super important for me to kickstart the day. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, wherever energy goes, oh, sorry, wherever, wherever focus, focus goes, energy flows. Yes. That's, uh, right. that's the first time I've heard it in English because I, I know what it is in Chinese. Uh, okay. So for those folks uh, here who know Chinese, it's yi dao, qi dao. So yi is your focus, right? And then qi is your energy. So you wow. don't, you don't. <laughs> think so with some Chinese philosophy. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um any questions or any thoughts or reactions from anyone else? So we got Zhi, Nico, Ruby, Ada, Lauren, and Jasper. Any yeah. questions, guys? Yeah, welcome, welcome everyone. I see all of you are new to Clubhouse. I think some of them will be really interested to know, like, what's the biggest struggle that you had when you tried to bring this Mongolian yet all the way to Singapore? And, you know, like, you, you mentioned so much about right. you uh, being focused on what you want to achieve. So, yeah, maybe there's some link in the, this Mongolian project and the way you lead, lead your life. Yeah, I think there's so many things to talk about when it comes to building this Mongolian project. Uh, it took about four and a half months of planning, execution, and you know, the, the hardest thing is 
the hardest thing of this project, or I would say not just this project, but many other projects that I've done before. Can you guys guess what, what it is? The hardest challenge. People. Troll and answer. Uh, oh, people, uh, that, that's, that's challenging, but there's something more that requires you to really test like, your patience. Test your patience. Huh? Or is it like yes. you just... But this doesn't sound like you, but I'm just going to guess anyway. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you, like you don't believe in yourself, you know? Is that... No. So, uh, yeah. No. Uh, the answer would be the hardest thing, right? I, I feel would be to wait patiently. Some things require waiting. Yeah. Ah. And you have to be patient about it. Because I feel um, for us millennials and and younger younger folks, we tend to want things we tend to want things to be uh, manifested instantaneously. So basically instant gratification. And which means we actually have no tolerance and zero patience in waiting. <laughs> we just want it right, right, right away. Right like, for, like example, for example, people, maybe like myself, like before I used to think, okay, at 30 years old, I need to have $1 million. Or maybe this year, I, 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 I want this, I want this to be out right away. I mean, this is good. This is good. But sometimes things, good things, it takes time now and we just have to wait. It's basically a waiting game. And if you can't wait, then you will raise the white flag. Am I right? I see. I see. It's like back in uh, China when they have uh, they have the war or during the dynasty times. A lot of time while planning uh, for, for, for the war, right? They have to wait a lot as well. Waiting for the right uh, conditions, the right temperature, the right... Uh, time when they actually have enough uh, water and food supply to go into better. Wow! Yeah, that, that that's something that I've never guessed. That the waiting is the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging because yeah. we have been programmed uh, in such a way that we want everything to be fast. Because we, we live in a yeah. city, right? Singapore is a, such a fast-paced society. Like even right now in food court, uh, you see robots uh, uh, just clearing away dishes already. It's going to be faster and faster and faster. And it makes us less appreciative mm. of uh, what we have. Because if we are able to embrace the, the idea of things manifesting in a natural uh, order, we will then appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, Ida, uh, uh, I think Ida wants to say something. Hey, hi. Yeah, um, hi, Scott. Uh, hi, Ida. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, really glad that you, you know, actually share your journey and I really admire your tenacity. Yeah, so, um, I mean, talking about this point about waiting, like good things come when you wait. I'm just wondering, have you ever thought of like, um, you know, uh, um, you know, that it is a good point to probably, you know, this thing doesn't come, right? Maybe I'll just give up and try other things. 
other mm. ways or whatnot mm. so that you know you can actually um you know there's a saying if you want to fear fear fast so um yeah what's your thought about this like do you think it's 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 a you know somehow like what you have called like the universe you know kind of like giving you a sign that hey maybe this is not right uh, mm. not the right approach not the right um angle in mind you should actually give mm. up or do you still mm. press on and you know what kind of gauge you have well that's a very good question uh Ida. so i i think waiting is a very important strategy to go about when in, in things that you you believe in or um that you are interested in and passionate about so you have to wait for the right thing i, I feel so for example, when I was in Tomasic Poly, I was uh, I, I left during year three. Yeah, just for some folks that, that didn't uh, hear earlier on, uh, I was waiting for some time until I realized that, hey, you know, like I don't think this is right for me because, like I said earlier on, I'm, I'm dragging my feet to school, and every single day I feel so burnt out, so, un- so uninspired, and I think um, when you wait for something, right? patiently for it to be manifested to its true form you need to also be aware that the thing that you are waiting for is something that gets you excited every single day you know it's something that you you feel uh fulfilled when you are actually uh doing it you are planning it you are executing certain strategies to make it happen it has to be and of course you have it, it has to be fun as well yeah, anything that you do, it must be fun as much as it's, it may seem successful to many people out there. If you don't enjoy it, then I think it's kind of wasted. Like, you know, you want to laugh about it, even mistakes as well. But it must be fun. So wait for the right thing. Sounds great. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. yes. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. No, no, most welcome. Thanks for asking. Can I just uh, follow up on that and ask you, like, maybe it's a silly question, but... No, no questions are silly. Don't worry. How do you get to fun, right? Like, uh, a lot of times when people want to achieve something, then it's kind of like, I got to be uh, focused, you know, I got to, like, achieve that goal, right? Like, I got to make it happen, you know, it's got to be, like, work. Mm. So, how to have fun in this sort of situation? Well, I think fun, right, is basically, it's so natural. Like, fun comes with laughing, right? So when you do something, um, for example, during our wheelchair charity track, we had lots of fun because we bullshit a lot. Even when doing something so strenuous, we we really do a lot of lame jokes and we sometimes we make a fool out of ourselves even um, uh, when going on really inclined slope we just laugh about it and i think that is what fun uh, means to me it's an emotion it's some kind of like uh electric that jolts you yeah and it feels good yeah i think i can validate that like when i was actually um working with him or doing the film with at, at the location that he's building his yard, right? Well, like, my energy level was very low uh, because I was just very sin from school. <laughs> then, and and my teammate as well. So we were, like, quite tired and everything. But Scott just really helps to lighten the mood. And, you know, he buys us lunch when we were filming. Like, actually, 
he's already doing us a favor to be featured on the film. And then he buys us lunch. She helps us push the the camera, the trolley every, at Coney Island. And he forks out a lot of time out of his, like, so many projects to to help ordinary folks like my friend, myself, and a lot of other people. Like, if you guys uh, want to follow him, just uh, we can post a link after this session or uh, just follow him on Instagram. His, his ventures are like, Oh my god, this is Instagram. And so and funny. he has another one. My yeah, personal his, his one. His personal right? one is called uh yeah, okay to share, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's funny. Yeah, it's called Scotty Hoppy, yeah, right? Ninety two or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> and then he has another venture that does tea, humanity, which maybe you want to share a little bit more after yeah. this, that um focuses on chai tea and a lot of different kinds of teas. And on top of that they they even like um, do charity work every week not every weekend but on, on weekends every month every month, yeah, every month. giving yeah. the less fortunate um, food supplies and, and a, lot, a lot of other um, activities la. so his basically all, all, all in all like his energy level is so high like if you ever get to meet him in person you you really <laughs> you really you really understand what I mean maybe uh, you can disclaimer only only meet me, in, meet me in a day, night, because I sleep quite early. So night time, like about after six, I'm like, oh my God, my energy level is depleting already because it's time to hit the sack. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's running. But surprisingly, right now, I'm still burning with energy. I don't know why. Because I think you guys are, you know, it's just very engaging to, to, to have you guys in this podcast. Yeah. And also on like YouTube videos, yeah. he's always like full of energy and then like, like, he can like tear apart wood and I don't know, chop wood. <laughs> a lot of strange things. La. But Sorry. yeah, if, if there's anything interesting about him, I think it's really his energy level. And another fun fact is that he's a vegetarian. Like I wouldn't have expected that when, <laughs> until I met him. Vegetarian who hates mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, talking about that, um, can I jump in and ask a question? Sure. Sure, go ahead. Uh, who is this? Ada here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shan was asking like uh, about, I mean, she, she she mentioned about your diet and your, mm. and you somehow actually review your your sleeping habits. I mean, because yeah. I personally think that, um, the, you know, the energy level is really important um, mm. in, to influence the people around you and like mm -hmm. what, you know, title mentioned like this whole topic is about getting others behind your why right so i believe um that somehow you know your energy level has kind of like uh, impacted them so just want to actually ask like some tips mm. and you know tips tips on you know how to keep that energy level up all the time wow <laughs> okay this is a very interesting question and important question well um where should I begin? So, okay, personally, I think, uh, like Sean mentioned, that I'm a vegetarian. So I've been vegetarian for about two years already. And I feel, right, um, after being a vegetarian, well, it only starts one and a half years after. Then I realized that my body, my energy is starting to change, including my, my focus, my mental focus. Um, I realized that not taking meat somehow just transform whatever that's inside my body to a whole new level. Like, 
I'm, I was never like this. I used to be a heavy meat eater, you know, guys, gym and protein equals like with meat. It's always like this, this whole concept, right? Uh, like meat equals to muscles, right? But then somehow, you know, when people ask me, will you ever be a vegetarian last time? I always say no freaking way. I'll never be a vegetarian. So wherever I dine out, I always go for the red meat, you know, rib eye, sirloin steak. It's always like that. So to, un, un, until your point, like two, two years ago, I, yeah, it started all the way back in Vietnam, which something hit me. I, I was trekking in Sapa with my family and I saw like, like two cages of ducks and chickens all cramped up together in the village. And I just see what I, how much cash I had and I managed to buy two, two beautiful uh, fat ducks. And I was walking for about three to four kilometers far away from the place I bought, found a small little pond and released them. And since that day, I stopped eating uh, meat. But I was a pescetarian, so I only ate seafood and, uh, and fish. So at that point of time, right, uh, being a pescetarian, which only eats seafood and fish, I still feel a little bit tired, but not as bad as before. So when I completely uh, don't eat meat, I realized that, hey, you know, I I rarely get food coma. That is that is like super honest. Like when I was when I was heavy meat eater, I always get food coma after every single meal. But right now it's just like I don't know, man. I think whatever we, we are what we eat, you see. So I think food plays food and diet plays a very important uh part or uh, is a very important factor to our mental focus and, and energy level. And also Sleeping habits, very, very important. Uh, I, I like to sleep early. So if I have the choice, I would want to sleep at 9 p.m. every single night and wake up at 4 a.m. every single morning. Yeah, like um, I was never like this before. I sleep super late last time, like 2, 3 a.m. and wake up super late sometimes, 10, 30, 11. My, my life schedule was a mess. So until I, I found this, a new habit and I'm still um, working on it some days I have I have no choice but to sleep at 12am 1am because I have to host my clients so I think very importantly what we need to do is um, to know what's our purpose and if and also to adapt to um, changing environment so that is something that uh, uh, I think is important to share and I hope it answers your question uh, uh, in relation to uh, energy level that uh, how one can actually um, bring it up to its peak level. Of course, uh, other people have different strategies, but to me, I, I find food and diet is important and also sleeping habits. And if you were to allow me to just add one more thing, I would say you really have to find something that you feel fulfilled uh, when you do it. Um, like a lot of people, they complain when they say, hey, I have no choice uh, doing this job. I have to do this job because um, I have no choice, man. Like I need to feed my family. Okay, that, fair enough. But I think that has to have like a timeline, right? Like how long are you going to be like this? Uh, it's not wrong at all to, to do something that is unfulfilling, but to a certain extent, it has to stop somewhere. Lah. So for example, even even be, even taking out three, four part-time jobs uh, at one single time so that you can reach 
or pursue your dreams or, or passion that gets you fulfilled every single day, you have to do it. So do whatever it takes to, to, to make that dream a reality as, as fast as possible and don't give any excuses. Lah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Scott. That's very inspiring. Welcome. So on that point, maybe people want to know, like, how do you know if you have really figured out that passion, right? Uh, was there that point in time when you, you knew, like, this was what you wanted to do? Well, um, I would say the passion, purpose, they always change. Yeah. It's, for example, one day you can enjoy cooking, and you just like sign up for courses, how to cooking, uh, how, how do you cook uh, different cuisine. And then some after maybe two years, realize that, ah, I'm bored. I'm done with it. So I, I feel it changes. So it's okay. It's not wrong. <laughs> but most importantly, you must enjoy doing uh, what you do. So I think that's, that's, that's my takeaway, lah. Yeah, so it's pretty much like you just have to go with your gut. You need, like you, you know it, right? When you feel it, when you're doing mm -hmm. it. Correct. And um, whatever that um, fuels you, be it your purpose or your vision, uh, not, not just that you have to trust it, but you, like I mentioned earlier, you have to enjoy it. And it must be so crystal clear until you can see it already happening. Because if it's not clear, then what, how can you um, find the right tools or strategies to, to manifest it? You have to see it so clearly, right? Then you know exactly how it's like, the end product. Am I right? Like yeah. for me, my Mongolian Year project, I already visualized that it's going to be like the first in Singapore and it's going to be in the middle of like some greener, greenery, grassland or woods. And around it is going to be surrounded with fairy lights and clients who comes in, they're going to stay comfortably in it. Uh, there will be like proper, comfortable base and aircon so that they can sleep um, uh, without sweating because you know sleep, uh, camping out in Singapore is actually not a very comfortable uh, uh, activity <laughs> because of the humidity so all this nitty gritty stuff it has to be so clear and so vibrant until you you, you know like this is what I what I want it to become and is this process of visualization mm. getting it crystal clear um, is that a individual process or do you kind of like involve others as well to, to make your why even clearer? Well, I mean, uh, any one of you here heard of the subconscious mind reprogramming. So basically it's um, how we condition our, our subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is basically uh, the habitual mind. It, it, it develops as early as you are, you are a fetus in your mom's womb. And the, the first seven years of your life is so crucial because that's when your subconscious mind absorbs all the things that you hear, you see, you smell, you taste from your surrounding. So 
I just give you guys an example. The first seven years, uh, you're, you're, you're a child, right? So whatever your parents say to you or act in front of you is so important. Even though you're a, you're a small kid, you're actually absorbing all this and it starts to form in your subconscious mind. So for example, uh, when you are three years old, you probably may not be aware, your mother or your father may say, why are you always so whiny out in the streets? Why do you always cry uh, when, I, when, when we bring you out? You're just so, um, such a pain in the ass. You are, I don't want to bring you out anymore. You're, you're only cry. You're, you're good for nothing. All this, right, after many, many times repetition, it gets absorbed in your subconscious mind. And when you grow up, you will always have it in you that you are a good for nothing kind of person. You're useless and you just, you just nothing, nothing good, nothing good. Luck. And then it stays with you forever until you realize the importance of, I said before, uh, the strategy of actually unwiring, unfiring a subconscious mind and then refiring, rewiring with new thoughts, new positive thoughts. So that's how you can actually change your life for the better. So it's the, it's an individual thing. It's something that you have to learn to practice how to do. Exactly. And I think right now online, there's so many people uh, aware of how important it is to actually um, break the habit break the habit mind uh, so that they can live uh, whatever life that they want to live. Yeah, so we all have this personal uh, capacity or this capability to change our life and not live in the past while live in the future. So it's uh, unfire, unwire, refire, and rewire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it looks like it works because I've seen the photos online and the fairy lights look amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, one question I'd like to ask of yes. every guest, every stranger, no longer stranger to our audience here is uh, do you also have a question or you know something that you want to ask any of us? Something that you're interested in finding out. It's got right? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Um, so, like Scott, like, uh, do you have any like questions for for any of us? Right. Like, uh, thing that you wanted to know. Always wanted to know, but never dared to ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since everybody is here, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to to get everybody to to actually know what gets everybody excited about life. Yeah, so maybe you guys can and can share first, and then afterwards we move down to the guests. Like, what is one thing that gets you excited about life? It can be anything. It doesn't have to be work or passion or whatever man what makes you what makes your eyes lit up so brightly mm. and then you feel like wow this is the best feeling ever yeah it can be even reading a comic book that you love <laughs> so uh, i can go first 
And maybe this gets back to a bit of your past in Tamasic Poly. Mm-hmm. Um, the short answer is good design, right? But uh, what does that mean? Uh, when I see someone actually putting his whole self, right? His logic, his emotion, his craft, you know, everything into making this thing. And it doesn't have to be like interior design design or whatever, right? It could be something like the yurt that you manifested. And, you know, you can see the care, the love, and the thought that went into it. I feel that this is the highest or one of the highest uh, expressions of what it means to be human. And I love to see that. And I love to see people doing that, mm-hmm. you know, doing that in whatever field, right? It could be travel, it could be sports, it could be anything else. So anything that's done with that level of care, craftsmanship and involvement is something that not just I want to do, I also want to root for and support others to do it. Mm. Cool. Yeah, well, that's my take. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. What about the rest? Yeah, maybe I can go next. It's kind of similar to what Sean shared, I guess. It's the fact that um, I once read that people of our generation will on average have at least seven different careers in their whole lifetime. So the idea that there are so many different possibilities out there and I'll one day be like a Zumba instructor, I'll be a musician performing for like an orchestra, things like that, that really excites me. Yeah. Right. Nice. I guess for me, my answer is less deep compared to what everyone has shared. But to me, <laughs> it's, fine. it's just making sure that everything that I, I take part in, is it, it's, it makes sense. Like, uh, things are done in the morally right way, or like at least things are done in a way that it's not done for the sake of doing, like, you know? Like, if, if I just to do this, for example, a, a very common Thing that I, I experience is like you want to do this project just because you have to do it right for, for certain things like great so far mm-hmm. for example then yeah. it just doesn't really excite me it, in fact it just kind of drains all my energy away I sometimes I'll still force myself to finish it sure yeah, yeah. but I try not to go down that path yeah right right okay Aiden <laughs> your turn <laughs> Okay, I guess if anyone else in the room would like to share, feel free to raise your hand. So if you're new to Clubhouse, how it works is you raise your hand first. Yeah, then we'll invite you on stage. So, okay, Nicole is raising up her hand. I'll invite her on stage. And then you can like unmute yourself to say anything you like. Hi, yes. Uh, thanks, Scott, for the sharing. And thanks, everyone, for sharing what uh, gets you out of bed in the morning. I guess for me, um, what what actually gets me out of bed is the the fact that I know um, I can create impact in the world. Mm. And this impact is not like um, on other people, but also impact on myself. So I guess what um, gets me out of bed is like... Um, 
how I can become a better person at the end of the day than uh, when I first started the day. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing this. So uh, maybe you can share with us like what are some things that you have uh, done that you feel super um, proud of, like be it some projects that you have, think you have um, probably uh, impacted uh, the community uh, positively. Um, okay, I can't really think of any projects right now. It's not it's not um super big like no, um compared to your your projects, but um maybe it's um my current work. I guess like my work involves uh centering around people and mm-hmm. um helping to kind of discover what are people's pain points and helping alleviate alleviate such pain points. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking about right now. Pain points as in physical or mental health? Um, it's actually uh, both physical and mental. I guess it's oh. interrelated okay. um, because like physical pain points would lead to mental oh, yeah. pain points as well. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like sports therapy or sports physio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in the, the tourism sector, yeah. So I think right now with all the restrictive travel, right. um, discovering pain points and helping um, make the travel experience better is, is something that I'm, I'm doing like right now, yeah. Okay, wow. Your job sounds like a mystery. <laughs> I, 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 I can't guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Okay, cool. Thank you. Anyone else? Hello, um, Scott. Hi, I'm Lauren here. Yeah. Hello. Hi. So, uh, I guess for myself, um, I guess the the word would be actually meaning meaningful. Um, I, for every work that um, actually I come across, I think that the purpose or the intent or the story behind is very important. Um, that actually is what drives me. Whether mm, it can be any kind of work, right? Like like whether it's a design work or like a um site site project yeah. or like or even hobby. As long as the, the intent or the interest is there, I guess that will just automatically drive you. So I guess the, um, the fact that they be, that some people say that um, you just work as if like it's just, you don't feel like work, it's just more like passion. It's very true. Yeah. Um, so I can resonate with that. And, and also, I guess I really admire your, your ability to actually focus very well. Um, that's something that I'm also trying to learn. Um, because there can be quite a bit of distraction along the way, so yeah, for sure. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, I think that was really helpful at this point. Yeah, sure. And what's yours actually? You haven't shared. Um, I guess <laughs> we'll get to- for for myself, it's more meaning. As in, like the word meaningful, uh, As in, like everything must have a meaning. Okay. Or intent behind. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Right. Very nice. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, so I think uh, that's probably everyone. And I feel like everyone is kind of talking about the same thing, but using different words, mm. you know. Uh, so there is meaning, right? There is impact. There is uh, sense. There is uh, involvement to be found out there. Right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I think we are coming up to the, uh, the end of our time here already. And uh, are there any last words that you want to say before I uh, wrap up uh, this session? Well, uh, of course, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to, to today's uh, podcast. Mm, very grateful. Uh, me and the team are great, very grateful for you guys um, to join us in this and um, spending your your evening with us instead of um, watching some YouTube or TikTok videos. So appreciate it, guys. And um, I just want to say uh, whatever you feel it's right and you feel that it fuels you in your life, do not be discouraged by people around you. Uh, I call them the naysayers or people who actually um, throw a lot of wet blankets on you or people who um, sort of uh, dream killers, I call it. Okay, Sometimes they are actually very near you and sadly, but Truthfully, they can even be as close as your parents or siblings. So recognize that. I think it's very important. For me, uh, I mean, personally, my, my parents and my siblings, they are, they are not like me. They are always very worried about what's going to happen. Like, uh, it is going to happen. That's going to happen. Uh, do you have backup plan, all this kind of stuff. And I feel sometimes I really have to detach myself away from this ball of uh, worriedness, this ball of negativity, because I find that if I don't detach myself away from this energy, I'm not talking about just them, them as a person, but it's the energy that fuels them. So if I don't detach myself away from this energy, I will be consumed by it and eventually I wouldn't even realize that I'm acting, thinking, speaking in the same way that they are doing it because of this energy that they that revolves not just around them but within them. So linking to back uh linking back to what I was saying, uh we have to be very careful of um the energy that's surrounding, that, that we surround ourselves with. And sadly, like I mentioned earlier on, our family, we have to be uh, very careful because they definitely mean the best for us, but sometimes their worriedness can, can, can uh, affect us a great deal. Yeah. And I feel like if, that is so important to 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 step away from it and lastly whatever that you are pursuing just go with everything you have got you have to go beyond you have to make no excuses you have to do the work okay and have faith and have trust with the universe so i wish you guys all the best and uh, hopefully i will see you guys in person soon so let's connect on uh, social media and if you guys are free, anytime, just give me a message and pop by at my Mongolian yurt. It's located at Khatib. If you guys know that area, um, there's a place uh, it's, it used to call 
uh, border tree park now is called Auto. So a lot of people go there to the restaurants to to do steamboat to do uh, prawning. So our the Mongolian Yurts is just located behind it. It's actually in this space uh, run by Grand Initiative. So yeah, I hope to see you guys soon and have a lovely evening. Well, uh, thanks so much, Scott. You know, uh, you couldn't have said it better. And I think inside your last statement, you really answered the question, right? How do you get others behind your why? The question for tonight was that. And that's really about putting out that positive energy, right? To influence others, you know, and to get there, you need to be crystal clear about your why. You need to unfire, unwire, refire, and rewire your subconscious. And um, you also need uh, vegetarian food and sleep, <laughs> which gives you focus, which leads to energy and leads to fun. And that's why people will rally around you. So uh, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, Scott, once again, and also everyone who joined us today. Um, if you like uh, this uh, podcast, this conversation, uh, please uh, follow us, join us as a member of uh, Stranger Conversations. And actually, we've got some updates, right, that uh, maybe Yoshan or Grace would like to share about how you can keep in touch with us. Yeah, so thanks Scott so much for bringing your focus and your energy to this session. Uh, we will also be bringing that focus and energy onto Spotify. So we have uploaded our previous session actually as our first episode on Spotify and Scott sharing will be up there soon uh, in the coming weeks as well. You can follow us on Instagram at Stranger Convos and um, the Spotify link will be in our bio as well. So yeah, thanks again everyone for joining and have a good night. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you guys soon. Take care. See you.